They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all. Welcome back to the Mad Madness Wrestling Podcast. This is your host this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you may be tuning in. Eric Trubicki, Act Two Fly, with my right hand, my main man, ATM Beckett. I'm doing pretty well. The ATM's on vacation, so I'm doing pretty well. You you do you're doing pretty well, ATM (laughs) at the moment. (laughs) Man, we had a little bit of technical difficulties while getting set up today, so um I think Aaron was just trying to encourage me to drink. I've been slinging back the beers in the meantime, which in between time I'm not gonna be complaining about, but we weren't here last week, so really in the lull since Mania, not much to catch up on. Uh, we got the, you know, we're brewing up to WrestleMania backlash. There's been a lot of stuff going on outside of WWE. Uh, some things coming to fruition with AEW and their merger with Ring of Honor. Announced today is in June. I believe it'll be June 26th. The Forbidden Door pay-per-view, the first AEW and New Japan combined event. Announced tonight on AEW Dynamite. Aaron, I'm assuming you were watching Dynamite. But I did. I actually did catch that. Okay. They actually did it pretty cool. Uh, Tony Khan came out. He brought out the New Japan president. And then before he had a chance to speak, it kicked over to... Adam Cole had a backstage segment where he went into all the details on it, uh, time, place, venue, uh, what he plans on doing, his matchup then, and that he is really going on to the focal point of the undisputed elite faction. Uh, maybe he's leading with the Bucks and Red Dragon. And then and also he saluted for Jay White to come out. Jay White did pay homage and shouted out the Undisputed Elite and also said this event is going to be all about Bullet Club. I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's going to be, since COVID, the most the most uh, this is going to be the biggest shining light New Japan Pro Wrestling has got in quite some time. Arguably since um Wrestle Kingdom 2019, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners that would argue that they did some stuff after that that was, you know, of reverence. But really, since Cody dropped the title, uh, I think, you know, Cody and Jericho dropping the titles and then AEW coming to fruition, obviously I'm a fan of Mox and him going over there and him winning the U.S. title, but everything really has kind of been stagnant. Um, the world championship being held held by Will Ospreay and him getting hurt, uh, evil holding the title, and that's extremely forgettable. I, I do very much look forward to seeing what they do. I think we're going to see a lot of title changes, similar to how we've seen Ring of Honor's titles change hands underneath the AEW umbrella. Uh, any thoughts, Aaron? Well, I'm, I'm glad you took that first because I might be a little bit of a Debbie Downer, but you did say you did say something that I didn't consider it, but this is being a big deal for New Japan. Now, because this is probably like their first, biggest exposure since COVID, because they did a lot of those shows without without fans, canceled shows, and etc. But as like you said, AEW is AEW when they first debuted, they were automatically the second beast in in the U.S., especially when it comes to wrestling. So they, we've seen them have a working relationship with Impact, and now Tony Khan does own Ring of Honor, and um, they had a s- small stint with NWA, but not fully. But <sighs> This is the thing. Like I said, I'll be a bit of a Debbie Downer. Um, is it good for the wrestling fans in the bubble? Yeah, but this isn't really anything that we haven't really seen before because Ring of Honor did this for years with New Japan. And at the same time, like it's going to be a great show. Of course it is. Everybody's excited for it. I'm not a big New Japan guy, so my excitement level is pretty low. But I do think it'll be an excellent show. I do think that including Jay White and making this about Bullet Club is a smart idea because you have the... You have the relationships with Bullet Club, with ex Bullet Club guys and the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, etc. In AEW, and then you got the guys from Jay, Jay White and the other guys 
in New Japan. So it would be a nice thing to bring everything coming together. And especially for those fans that don't stay up all night to see Wrestle Kingdom or don't have New Japan World to actually see all these things, see all these guys together. Is it going to be a successful show? Yes, but it's also going to be a successful show for like those wrestling fans in the bubble. There'll be moments for everybody to, to grasp to. But for me, my excitement level isn't the highest because it's, New Japan isn't for me. So I, I understand that. I understand like the like the excitement level of it. It's I'm, it's just not there at my level. But I am looking forward to watching the show. I do think it'll be a good show. But so I'm I'm you know I've never been one to brag about talking about an evil match or an Okada match. So I'm not going to start to do it today. So I'm not, I'm not going to start to do it right now. But I do think it'll be a good show, and I am going to watch it, of course. But my Dude, excitement level is pretty low. Uh, a lot of what you said there, uh, I, I got questions and tidbits. So so yeah, I mean, kind of like your last. Uh, statement there i know okada is beloved and his matches with omega were never really the matches that i went and wrote home about that's not nothing when we started up the show here where i was like oh let's talk about omega and okada there has been a lot of the american influence in new japan over the past you know five six years that is what made me interested in it um However, there are some guys there on, you know, the homestead there, like Naito and Tana- uh, Tanahashi, who I do really appreciate their matches. So I, I look forward to seeing what, what they're going to be doing. Um, you do bring up Ring of Honor having that working relationship that they used to have. And I really think Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor is really what finally sealed this because we saw the iwgp us title defended several times or an AEW. we saw very few japanese talents come in and have matches um so this is just this is going to be really different um i think him buying ring of honor is really going to put it to that that next level because this is what's making new japan finally open their arms they had that bad blood with kenny cody and the bucks for them starting their new promotion because they wanted to keep that relationship going with ring of honor. Um, I look forward to seeing where this is going to go. Um, I'm actually, I'm impressed to hear that you're going to watch it. Is this something you think you would watch live? Um, I don't think so. Cause I don't watch much live now as it is. I watch a lot of it second. True. So I don't think I would, unless I'm with you. No, I probably don't think I'll watch it. Um, well, I would assume you're with me. If yeah, if, yeah. if you're watching it, that's where I was yeah. kind of. I am it. off, um, I, but that weekend I am off. From, I'm on vacation that week as well, so there's a chance that I may end up watching it with you. But if I'm by myself, per- I'll be perfect, watching it secondhand. Perfect time to say it. Uh, the day before, I'm going on vacation for a week, so I'll be watching at the beach. Come join me down the shore. We can watch it there. Oh, we finally um, got that schedule to work. <laughs> amazingly, yeah. five years later. Yes. Um, However, a question that does um, come to mind about it, I, I like to think you're more of a venue mark than I am. You may, I feel like you retain some of the venues more than I do. Um, obviously, 2018, we were there together, all in, Schoenberg, um, the Sears Center. Yeah, Sears Center, uh, yeah. It's no longer the Sears Center. They have renamed it. All right, never mind. As I'm literally about to ask this, CM Punk came back. That was the Staples Center? No, no. No. Um, Sears. If that's where All In was, it was the Sears Center. The other, the it, other, it arena, it the was, other arena is the United Center. That's that's where that's where Punk came back. This this venue for the New Japan AEW event is gonna be the same place where Punk redid, Uni- which is the United much Center. Large, the United Center, yes. Whereas a much larger venue yeah. than the Sears Center. So, which already, I, I, obviously, Chicago, big venue, or, you know, big diehard wrestling uh, city. Chicago, arguably, is probably next to L.A. It's got a American, American state-wise, it's got to have the biggest New Japan following. So, they're doing it right. They're doing it in the right place. I, I like that they're doing it at that venue. Um, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this is unfolding. Um, before we kind of dabble away and dance into a few other topics, one other thing I did want to keep under the uh, AEW umbrella. Have you been paying any attention to this these Owen Hart tournaments? And thus far, it's really just the qualifier matches. I- I've seen a lot of the, the qualifying matchup matchup cards. That's about it. But I know Britt Baker took on um, Dale Camilla today, and I saw that next week FTR goes one on one. 
which was very silly. They really, really, really on live TV breezed right over that Dash and Cax, uh, Cash and Dax are going to be facing each other next week. I, I thought that should have got a little more attention. However, I really, really can appreciate where, again, in other companies, they're just, hey, we're doing a tournament for blah, blah, blah. And, hey, we're just putting it through here, 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 and it's nothing. Or once in a while, hey, you got to qualify for this. But it, it really doesn't matter. They are putting some pretty sw- solid qualifying matches. Like, Tony Storm debuts in a qualifying match against Bunny. And whether you're a fan of the Bunny or not, she is the day one AEW girl who you would think, if they're going to do 16 people, when they got you know less than 25 women on the AEW roster, women's roster, they're they're probably going to use her. And, you know, she takes the fall to a debuting Tony Storm. So then they're going to put, like today, we had Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, this is a qualifying match. This isn't even, you know, the the first, first round matchup. We have a, one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions losing to Kyle O'Reilly just to get into this tournament. I think the way they're doing this qualifying matchups are really establishing that this tournament's going to mean something, which I definitely appreciate. So far, men's-wise, we only got Samoa Joe, Kyle O'Reilly. I was making a joke in my head while taking a story of a good old beer. I was like, man, this tournament's going to turn into a you know former Ring of Honor World Championship match. And then you know they, they announced FTR will be facing. I'm like, well... Here, that's funny. We got two former Ring of Honor champions. One of them is the current Ring of Honor television champion. And then next week, we have the Ring of Honor tag team champions versus each other. So I guess just my thoughts, I really can appreciate that Tony is making these they're, – they're qualifying the whole way through, and all the matchups matter, which is just something I, I feel like I haven't really seen. I know I haven't seen in my adult life. I really have to think back to being a kid to thinking – Wow, when was the last time they made a tournament matter this much? Been a while, but I was shocked, like, because the fact that, like you said, they're qualifying matches. I thought they was like quarterfinal matches, but they're actually qualifying matches. And did I see? Did, I, did they? Did I hear that the finals are are at Forbidden Door? Did I did I hear that right or no? Um, no, I no, I believe it's at Double or Nothing. Okay, unless they changed it because it was always supposed to be at Double or Nothing. Okay, I believe. okay. I must have misheard what Adam Cole said, but I know Adam Cole did mention the tournament, so I might have got it mixed up that he said it was at Forbidden Door. Yeah, I, I think he may have mentioned something about, you know, Kyle O'Reilly just got the win, okay. and then Kyle O'Reilly's also going to be doing something there. Um, but then also, he, he's announcing a, you know, open challenge uh, 10-man tag for next week, the Undisputed Elite, Bucks, Red Dragon, Cole versus some five-man tandem. Definitely looks to be exciting. But getting away from the Undisputed Elite, we were just talking qualifying match next week. FTR divided one-on-one just to get into this tournament. I would be remiss if I don't bring up FTR on this week's podcast. I don't know how often we've brought up them on this show. I almost want to say not enough. Um, whether it be the revival in NXT, whether it be what they did on SmackDown or Raw, jumping over during COVID and coming to AEW, having the match with the Bucks, winning tag titles, and everything they've done since. Where do you stand on FDR? Well, for me, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a weekly AEW viewer all the time, but I do I do respect them. I, like, I, like, I remember when they first came out of NXT, I couldn't stand them. But over time, they won me over. And on the main roster, it was a bit lackluster because the was lackluster with their tag teams. But now, you kind of you see what like when they left WWE, they were like adamant about the tag team division. They didn't care about being champion. Mm-hmm. They were just adamant about being the tag team cha- um, the tag team division. So they have come over to AEW in in the last two years, and they've actually put emphasis on their tag team division. And then then they've been the great addition. They're double champs at the moment right now, and on a weekly basis, they get their props from Uncle Dave. They get the props from Bret Hart or anybody on the internet. They always get their props. So my stance of FTR is pretty much the same. And like I, said, I don't like the stable that they're in because that stable's 50-50 half the time. But <laughs> I think the stable's pretty much null and void at this point. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of been a little, little bickering between MJF 
and Dax on social media, they're they're fully getting babyface reactions, and they've had no involvement with MJF. Uh, the last time they were seen on TV together, um, FTR was very reluctant to kind of hold hands with them. Yeah, or, I saw that know, one. It is we we haven't got the definitive on TV. They're not together, but it's clear that FTR is baby faces at this point. Okay, yeah. So like, I think a lot of that with um the um, the pinnacle kind of like weighed them down a little bit because that stable was always like fifty fifty half the time. But that's like, mm-hmm. like they're definitely in high regard as as is the best tag team in the world, if not. Yeah, whether baby or not, I'm I was still a little disappointed that they they dropped Tully. And poor Tully, now he's in Ring of Honor uh, managing Brian Cage and two nobodies. Um, but again, staying on the topic of FTR, man, I uh, I was a fan of them in NXT. I really thought at, as heels they gave us some really solid, amazing tag team wrestling. I was impressed and happy for them to go win the two, two shitty silver belts in both, <laughs> both Monday and Friday's brands. But to leave and pull up in a near-empty arena in that pickup truck and show up in AEW and do their thing in Daly's Place, I was there for it. I uh, I appreciate their work. I appreciate their ethic and how they appreciate tag team wrestling. And they went to the right place for it. AEW was kind of built on tag team wrestling. Um, one of my favorite moments, and I've been – man, we said it months ago – the six-man tag, MJF and FTR versus Sting, Darby, and Punk, that that's an unrivaled series right there. <laughs> Six guys, what, what they were wearing, MJF and FTR in the yellow. I love that, but I need, I need, I need, I need FTR in the luchador getup. <laughs> I still need the T-shirt. That, that was so dope. I love it. They still got the AAA tag belts. They've been to Mexico twice. They bring Vicky Guerrero as their manager when they go there. They're still the reigning AAA tag team champions, which, again, another another promotion that AEW has had a working relationship with. Uh, more Another belt that we've seen defended multiple times by different teams or in AEW uh, programming. They just had a banger a few weeks back with the Briscoes, won the Ring of Honor tag titles. Days later, another five-star classic with the Bucks. Uh, my hat has been off to them for a while, but what they've been doing in recent times, plus they're on social media and they're just touting about, hey, we have limited indie bookings. Book us. We, we want to face people. And they just want to go out there and just keep killing it, which I absolutely adore. Uh, I love everything they're doing. Uh, I haven't bought a wrestling T-shirt in some time. I'm wearing... Actually, I'm wearing like a four or five year old wrestling T-shirt right now that I hate. I hate the people that made this one. I gotta get rid of this thing. But I do want to go on like a FTR purge, like of their shirts. I, I love what they're doing, and they're one of the greatest things going in wrestling right now. Not tag team wrestling. What is going on in wrestling? FTR got it. So that's that's mainly my two cents. I, I look forward to seeing what what else they got coming in the near future. Um, speaking of hot commodities in wrestling, people that kind of are on the pulse, we did see another championship change recently. Um, something normally I probably wouldn't address and maybe I'm coming around on them. I don't, I don't want to, uh, I've knocked Austin theory on this show (laughs) many, many times, but Austin theory got another big time rub by Vince McMahon this week. And he won the United States Championship. First off, did you watch this? I didn't. Okay, so I'm assuming from social media you know he won. Yes. Do you know if this was the main event? I don't know. I thought it was, but I'm I'm not sure. I only watched literally the first... I watched the opening pro- promo. There was a Cody thing, and I, I, I saw. And I actually didn't watch that till today. So I, I really just caught stuff off Instagram. Um, man, they are really trying to put a rocket launch jetpack or an Austin Theory, aka just Theory now. Which here's my question: If he's dropping the Austin, why is he still doing a town? No clue. <laughs> it's new. This whole Theory thing is only a two week thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, figuring those two weeks, he would realize I did watch the thing, you know, he's hugging with Vince, and then he does the A-Town down, and I'm like, okay, all right, well, Austin Theory is the United States champion. They made a funny reference I saw on social media where they said uh, with the heel roster holding him up celebrating, it was similar to Bret Hart (laughs) winning the world title after WrestleMania. I did see that. Oh, my God, I hate the internet so bad. What's your thoughts on Austin Theory? I felt like you may have had some fandom towards him. Well, he never really rubbed me the wrong way. I loved him in the way with um, Johnny Gargano, Candice, and Indy. I loved him in that group. I thought he fit very well. He's actually really funny. And like they moved him, they moved him up to the main roster. I was I, I liked him when he was one of Rollins' bitches. <laughs> uh, um, what's the name? I, I enjoyed like, like that little run that he had with them, and then they moved him to the main roster without them. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And we talked about prep. We talked about this all the time about how like he wanted to be in WWE so bad. How he's like a WWE guy. I think I think about that Evolve show that that was in Philly a couple few summers ago before COVID. Uh, he was he was like a headliner, and they kept talking about how much of guy he wants to be in WWE. So, the fact that Vince is high on him, and like John, I think John Cena's even touted him. And then like ever since then, like we know that like he was like a WWE prototype WWE guy. Vince is behind him, and then the fact that he actually does segments segments with Vince, uh, started in November with the whole egg thing for the Rocks movie, and he was like, okay, well, they, Vince thinks a lot of this guy to actually have so much, so much screen time, but I mean, it hasn't even fell off, fallen off. It's been, if not more than what it was back then. And the fact that he had a WrestleMania match, had interaction with Vince at WrestleMania, even though he did lose. And then the fact that he's putting the U.S. title on him is trying to see what, where this thing's actually going to go. With that being said, as we all know, the loyal listeners, I am a damn mark for the championship. Now, again, I, I love that belt. I love the current United States championship. But you would know this better than me. And I don't even know. I almost feel like it's probably the only time. But outside of when Vince had the thing going on with Trump and Lashley, is this the only time Vince has been in a storyline where the U.S. title was involved? Well, that storyline was was, was about, about the U.S. title. That was the ECW and IC titles. Um, oh. Because Umaga was the IC champ. Okay. Lashley was ECW champ. Now, as far as Vince with the U.S. title, that's this might be the first. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So, I completely was wrong on that, and which makes this even crazier slash cooler. Um, if anything, you would think this is... Only, Vince being involved... Like, I'm not an Austin Theory guy. I'm not saying, from what I saw in these highlights, I've become a fan. I'm saying I'm the biggest mark for championships that I... I'm literally saying, wow, Vince is doing a storyline with the United States Championship. All right, cool. I'm going to let whatever they're doing with theory, I'm going to tolerate it because I. that means they're going to – are they going to make these mid-card belts mean something more? Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm hopeful. And I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for it. Well, well, it's interesting too, but the last time he actually put himself in position with a mid-card title – is, was Drew when Drew was his chosen one at the time, and Drew was the IC champion. But like, I, I saw people are complaining about, oh my god, poor Finn Balor going to going to AEW. It's just like, it's like, it's like, like you got to make new stars sometime. And like you said, you're a mark for the belt. So like, putting a belt on Theory is going to actually get him over with some people. And at the same time, he's a heel. And he's like Vince, Vince's golden boy. So it's like at a certain point, he's going to put a title on him. I did. So, so in, to play devil's advocate on the two things, I uh, I did see people complaining where they were saying, oh, Riddick Moss won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. People complain. Theory wins the U.S. title. People complain. But we want new, new stars. Well, maybe we all still don't think we got what we wanted from Balor. And – Balor got eliminated in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He's the one that was the last loser. And then, if I'm correct, this was his only U.S. title defense. And then he he loses it. So I understand why fans are in uproar. I don't think – I think when people complain about it, I think people forget how much of a big fan that Balor has. And oh, yeah. He's a – yeah. Because of that demon – it could be all that demon character, but – he is beloved. He is. 
And it's like it's so, like and it's like like I'm sorry, I cut you off, but it's like everybody like no, like you just said about people like people get excited about when their guys when it's like I remember when King Coley saw a Finn when he lost his shit. <laughs> um it's like it's like it's kinda of like it's like finally, finally he did this, he did this. And it's like, okay. He he won the U.S. title. It's like, and it's like now what? what? It's about how you get booked. It's like when Ricochet's. It's like you forget Ricochet's even the IC champ at this point. Like he defended against Gender, sure. I think last week on SmackDown or the week before, and I swore he was going to lose it because it's like, what has he done since he's being the IC champion? He's in look, I since the spawn of this show, and we all know I wasn't a Miz fan. Miz and literally. I don't even want like I'm a Moxley guy, but Moxley winning the belt from him and Ziggler winning the belt from him, it mattered. But it was still always revolving Miz. Miz is the only person that made the IC title matter in the last six years. The U.S. title has had its ups and downs over the last six years. There's always kind of been something. So I feel like I don't know why WWE is always kind of giving that some more attention. I feel like Ricochet's screwed regardless, but I. You know, I'm optimistic, and I'm hoping we get. Uh, I'm hoping we get something good from uh, from what they're going to do with Theory in this U.S. title. Yeah, we'll see because like he's Vince's chosen boy, so we'll see him probably we- try to weasel his way out of situations. You'll see Vince help him or whatever, and like it'll garner sympathy for whoever he, for whoever she's facing. So that'll actually like. Garner uh, that'll actually garner some ba- some sympathy for whoever he does face, and then whoever does beat him might actually feel like a big deal. So if, it, if that makes you care about the U.S. title about be a little bit more, then fine. But I think that actually, I think him being the golden boy, will in his, being a weasel heel that he is, I think that'll actually build some intrigue around that U.S. title. Also, you can dig into the archives. I every time Miz was Intercontinental Champion, and when he was defending it. I was upset and I was rooting against who I was rooting for whoever was facing him. I was excited about the opportunity of him to drop the bell. Shit. At this point, the way they disrespect the title, also there he goes out there and he does the decent match. He can have a year run with the U S title. Just have him defend the thing two times a month. Minimum. Make the thing matter. I know it just sounds so stupid to do, but make the belt matter. Well, before I just keep harping on the belt, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get off the championships. We're gonna dwell back into it in a couple minutes. We got uh, two last things we wanted to get into. Unless you have any other thing about Austin Theory. So we're we're at the halfway point through April, little more than a quarter into the month. I know you got a few recent pickups recently. I did myself as well. Bunch of couple things in the mail, couple things in the wild. Early chatter. End of the year, December, we're going to be here. Maybe early January, we're going to be knocking back top 10 figures of the year. Just wondering, early thoughts. Top three, maybe five, just if you could rat off a couple figures that you're already like, man, it's April, but I think I'm going to be talking about this figure at the end of the year. It's. Like I text you and I was like I gotta think about this because I don't think the stuff that I don't think the stuff that we've gotten well the, the thing let me rephrase that there are good things great things that have come out that I don't want like I think it's the John Silver um on Ralph, that figure is like him shrunken down unmatched yeah it, 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 it's like I'm like this is so good if I cared about it I'd buy it but I don't care at all but I'm like I'm like that is good like I expect to see that in people's figure of the year list. I, I have that figure, but I'm not a I'm not for him like everybody else is. Okay. Prep loves him. I so like that figure is cool to me. I think the evil Uno figure is cooler. Yeah, yeah, his, his is good too. I think figure. that I think that whole that set. Whole set yeah, I I think that whole set except for Anna J is great. Like like I wouldn't be shocked I if I. I was flirting a trade on the chase of her I saw, before we started recording. I saw you do. I saw you do that, but um. Yeah, I thought that whole set was incredible. I'm like, yo, this is really good. Like, this is like all these guys shrunken down. But if I had to like go off the stuff, like the stun- the things that I own, like I got, I'm looking at Brody right now. The Brody's amazing. I think. Um, I'm not sure. Did you get him in negative ones pack? I did not. Uh, not yet. I think I'm gonna buy sixty dollars. I got sixty dollars for a figure. Uh, 
man, Aaron, we're best friends. You know me better than you know a lot of people. I do some stupid shit with money. <laughs> These AEW figures retail might be twenty dollars. Then I pre-order most of them. I, I pre-order most of them, and I'm banking it. You know, between gas and everything. If I'm gonna pay, if I'm gonna buy a set and I'm paying twenty-seven each, it makes sense. I get them early. I don't gotta go through the frustration. There's a one in a million chance to get a chance. So it's called twenty-seven dollars. So you want me to pay sixty dollars? Okay, so an extra $33 for an exact same Brody Lee. All right, so I'm going to pay $33. I'm going to get a cape and a figure of his son. With all due respect, <laughs> I'm a father too. But an extra $33 for a figure I already have. Yes. <laughs> I thought I thought I gave, I gave Jazzwares and Ringside too much credit. I thought the pants had different print on the side. No, I told you it was the I same thing. <laughs> I thought the unmatched had the numbers, and this one said Brody down the side. They really should have. They really should have did something with the chase gear in this figure. I'm very disappointed with this. This this man. I think between everything I've ever seen, this is a hardcore. This is a ringside exclusive. I think everything between I've seen WWE and and AEW, this is the most disappointing ringside exclusive because of what they did with Brody Lee. Yeah. With all due respect, I'm gonna get it. And I don't care if I'm saving four dollars. Like when this thing, this thing's got to get down to fifty-five. I ain't, I ain't selling sixty. <laughs> also, so like um, from our cutoff from our last show, um, our figure, our figure of the year show. I think we cut off at the Wardlow Unmatched series, and I, I think that Wardlow. That's probably that's one of my favorite AW figures. I think that's great. I think the lightness is really good too. It, it, it is a good one. And. As for WWE, like I said, we haven't gotten a lot of the stuff that I think will hit my list yet. I'm looking forward to the Hogan Ultimate, the um, the, the one with Mr. T. I, I didn't okay. pre-order the Mr. T, but I did pre-order the Hogan. I'm looking forward to that. Um, something that I do own that is really good is that Ultimate Alexa Bliss. I think it's really good, even even though it, at this point it's irrelevant because she isn't even on TV and she's not even in that character anymore. But I think that one yeah. is actually really good too. And probably the Ultimate Warrior. To, um, ultimate, I think that's actually oh, really wow. good. But that's wow. it's, as far as like what's come out and what I've gotten. I haven't gotten a whole bunch. It's and even the things I've gotten, it's just like, yeah, will this be on my list at the end of the year? I don't think so. So, oh, I'm sorry. And that the, the the Edge Hall of Fame that is making my list. I'm yet yeah, I'm Legend series that's making my list because um you got the chase for me. I I did a, a little fix up with the standard version. I put the um. The 1998 SummerSlam Heritage Edge jacket on him, and I, I put the, I, I put the black glasses on him so I can give him so so his, he's not wearing the red glasses. And um, glasses are a little too glasses are a little too big because the Legends figure comes with smaller shades, but to make it kind of match and not have red red shades, it's um looks like he has like looks like he has spy goggles on, but. From afar, it works, <laughs> and you put a tag belt on them, it works. So, but the Edge Chase is definitely going to be on my list at the end of the year. That's it so far. So, and I, I'm still popping. I was annoying you yesterday in your text message. You were probably annoyed with me. I'm sitting here still amazed. For WWE's been doing these chases for I'd say at least two years now, and to my knowledge, this is the first time you bought the Chase and the regular. Yeah. So. I, uh, I, I, when I picked you up the chase, I bought one for myself and then I did pre-order the whole set. So I actually opened the regular one. And then it's funny because I just recently traded after I won the rated R ringside edge. I, uh, traded that and I was like, you know what? I wasn't a fan during this. I already have the belt on the hall of fame. I don't need it. And then I'm like, man, what a weirdo. Like I got rid of that, that like valuable figure. And then I'm getting these two, but these two edges are from my era, so I think it's justified. Uh, the white one reminds me of, like, I feel like two different Jax figures I had. So I think that was appropriate. Plus, the chase the chase makes sense. You almost need the chase because the chase is red pants with the red jacket. It's the way to go. Yeah. Um, another figure, I don't know if you're trying to say this is 2021. I hate you. Why are you not putting this? Well, see, well, I'll break down, like I said. And I said this to you too when I did get that. I got it in 2021, but it was after our 21. 
Yeah, it was at, it was after Bro. our 2021 show. So what Bro, we do with April? Was, you've had you've had this since December. Yeah, I I got it after because after we put out the show, that's when it became available. So I did get that in December. But the way we do the shows are we yeah, pick yeah. up from where we left off. And I told you that I when I got it, I was like, I don't think this would have made my list either. That and the Hogan. And when you said that, I said, well, 12 months from now, I'll be talking about this yeah. figure. Um, I don't think there's many figures I'll ever put in this category. Um, so, short tangent, tand- tangent, if I know English. Um, two years ago, Biggie Dan gifted me his SummerSlam Mankind when he was depleting his collection. And he gave it to me in a ringside figure defender i've opened it like once or twice to look at it i already had a mock one i already had a loose one it was just a gift because all the homies know i'm a foley guy i had at the time like four or five of the cactus jack that came out of this time mock i still have two of them mock um so i recently just got into these stupid fucking defenders <sighs> sorry for language for the sponsors at home however i uh I got the ringside ECW cactus in a defender. When I met Penta, got assigned at the convention. I bought a defender. And then I acquired the Terry Funk Elite signed. And that came in a defender. So I had four. Somehow by the end of today, I got 20 figures in defenders. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a thing going on. Um, however, that tangent, just to say, the cactus jack. Uh, I have that over here. This figure, one of my all-time favorite elites, top four. Um, I say this over the ringside because I don't have a ringside loose, but um, Elite Series 48, this Cactus Jack. I have a loose one. I have two mock. I wish I had three mock. I'm, I might get another mock. I might have one up my sleeve for cheap. However... This RVD is in that territory. I never thought really? of another figure. I got this off Amazon, and the pack. The sh- I was gonna wait to open it, but luckily, the it was pouring down rain, and when I opened the package, the bleed box was damp. So that was cool. I already know I'm opening it. Doesn't matter. Let me just rip this thing open. I love this figure. I got the chalk line shorts to go with it. Oh, you did get the shorts. Um, Lauren got one for me for my birthday. Okay. So, this is dope. I love this figure. Um, it's April. This January, I'm going to be talking about this figure again. Um, this is, yeah, yeah. This is going to be my top ten regardless. Um, while we're wrapping up a third of the year, this is definitely in there. Random. If I don't put this in my top ten, this will be an honorable mention. I'm... People always are talking about the suited figures and buying more of them for customs. I need two more of these. I almost want one side. <laughs> MVP basic in the suit with the chains. And it's, it's tall because I actually... Where is it at? Do, do, do. I tried standing up a... I can't find it. But I tried putting up a Andrade. I got an Andrade WrestleMania basic because this is only face scan where he's smiling. And I was going to pop it and put it here for AEW Andrade, but MVP is taller than the Andrade figures, which is dope and it's accurate. So I'm not doing that, but I do need a couple more of this figure. This figure is dope. Um, I wish it had the elite articulation for the suit, but it is still solid. With the purple tie, the lavender dress shirt. This thing is money. Um, this one's really good. Outside of that, I'm going to rattle off two other things that I think was going to be up there that we're going to be chatting about at the end of the year. Um, don't have it yet. AEW Unrivaled Series 8, the John Moxley Chase. Uh, New Japan gear. Oh, okay. That, I, I thought that was special when I first saw it. Um, that, that still that stands as test of time. Uh, I'm out there still hunting for that thing nonstop. Um, of other things in hand, just one other figure. Um, should I say it right? Oh, where is it? I got it right here. I thought I did. Speaking of Unrivaled Series Eight, not the Chase. Me and you talked about this on the phone recently. Chris Jericho, the Painmaker. 
Um, I ended up when I ordered Unrivaled 8, I got lucky, I got blessed. Shout out to Ringside Collectibles. Use code MMADNESS and save 10%. They sent me a Chris Jericho chase. Dope. I wish it was Moxley because the Moxley's the better chase. The Jericho's cool. I'm glad I have it. I got no reason to open it. I think I'm going to keep that from a mock collection. But I finally, I started finding the, the GameStop. Most GameStops do have the pain maker. So I ended up ordering. I ordered one off uh, ringside because it was down to 23 bucks with a defender. I need extra defenders right now. So it ended up coming in. It was extra mint. And I ended up uh, making a relationship at GameStop. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep one moth. And it's from the third episode of Dynamite when he defended the title against Darby Allen. Um, it here. It's such a good figure. Yep, here in Philly. So, um, Unrivaled Series 8, Jericho as the pain maker. Again, that's basically a New Japan incarnation of Jericho. The Moxley. Um, I'm sure as the year progresses, more, more figures keep hitting the shelves. There's going to be plenty more to talk about. Um, real quick, now, I know you didn't get me, Mark, Callis, but you got China and Road Dog. Yeah, I'm not opening that. Those, those, those I don't know what I'm doing with those yet. Them all yeah, I got them in, but they're they're part of my stash for yeah. later. So, arguably, would you say since the relaunch, which I think was Series 8, since Legends Line has been relaunched, is this the best Legends Line? The Wave, you mean? Wave, yes. Oh, uh, probably because a lot of people like. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I've seen the Mark Callis in the wild. I passed because I didn't really have any interest. And mm-hmm. the China's good. The Edge is great. You know, how I feel about the Edge with, with both versions. And the Road Dog's actually really good as well. So for for buying value, I would say yeah, because I don't think any of those will actually sit on shelves like. I would deliver to Target, and I saw them put them on the shelves. And then that, and then at the end of the day, I had to run in for some stuff for Leah. They were gone, <laughs> so it. It, it, it's it's selling well. And and I think uh, the next wave isn't so bad, but with the, with Kane, Pac, and Luger and Keebler, but I think that Stacy will sit. But I do probably think this is probably the best selling wave. And I don't think anything. I, I think Stacy. I could be wrong. I assume Stacy will, will sell because two heads, and it's her first Mattel. I could be wrong. I think it'll sell, but I think like because I feel like the adult collectors are more for the, here for her than they were for a network spotlight, Wendy Rickner. Yeah, because like now, like you still see like the previous set with Triple H um, and Hurricane, Hurricane and Bob. You, I still Bob see those Gordon. all the time. I think like I said, that's like. Women's figures are funny, but like you said, state it's a first figure. But I, I didn't even have to. I didn't even bother pre-ordering. I know I'll find it. It. I'm gonna sound biased when I say this, but I didn't pre-order that as well. But I think that whole set that Xbox, I need it. Um, Stacy, I need it. That Kane. That I'm glad I didn't buy that last that, one because that, that might be a top three. That might be a top three. Well, so now I'm going to display the other cane, you know, that it's not going to have the mask. He's you know, yeah. just with the hair. But but for like a cane completist, it's really good. However, so I sold my WCW Lex Luger basic. Um, that Luger, I really think, now I, I don't see you doing this, but I, one thing I really appreciate that makes it worth buying both Lugers, where in the past, like uh, with the Kevin Nash legend, there are people that probably went out and bought two of that Kevin Nash so they could have two of that outsider shirt. Well, if you buy Lex Luger, babyface WCW wrestler, and then you buy Wolfpack, they both come with the Wolfpack shirt. So if you get both, you get an extra Wolfpack shirt that you can put in your fig fed, which is it, it's a cool bonus to me that I can definitely appreciate. Um, but again, to get back to the, the current Legends line, um, I do love, you know, Getting two DX guys in a line, this China, I don't I don't think I really peeped, peeped this till earlier because I unboxed mine. This is a whole different head scan than the one that was yeah, in the two pack. It is, yeah. So I, I didn't realize that to opening it, which I appreciate because I was like, ah, oh, man, I hope this isn't going to be basically a redo from that. Uh, the road dog's good. Two edges, both of them hit. 
and uh, Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame. You know, he's got an ultimate on the shelf. He's got a top picks from the Boneyard match. This figure's pretty solid. Oh, yeah. After a while, you had technical difficulties. I just opened it. The soft goods are really good. I don't know why. I thought there was a chance they weren't going to give him the proper height, but he's a giant in this figure. Uh, I'm happy I opened it, but, you know, between the two of us, I'm somebody that might, you know, buy a whole set of four legends ahead of you. And this is the first and I think only set of legends, unless I might got to look back at like the Bam Bam or Vader set, but I'm pretty sure these, this is the only set I bought all four. Really? Yeah, so that's why I went, like, again, I pre-ordered the, the whole set. So, it's the only one I, I did pre-order. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm thinking I'm definitely putting that up there. It, yeah, it's a good figure. Gonna be the it, best one since Target has the Legends line. I'm going to put this uh, Elite ser- or Legends Series 14. It's definitely got to be the best one since I believe it was Legends Series 8 when it re- rebooked. But... We went from Austin Theory talking about him as U.S. champion. We got this fig topic going on, talking about our early chatter for the year 2022, best figures of the year. We do have one listener question off the fly. Good friend of the show, Biggie Dan Johnson, did ask, as collectors, as merch fans, whether it be a championship belt, a replica, or figures, this also, he didn't put this in there, but you're into vintage t-shirts. This may also apply in that category to you. In recent time with going in and out of collecting, is there anything you look back on? What's the first thing that comes to your mind that you regret selling? Oof. You might have to come back to me on that. Because I don't, I don't sell much. Like, my figure is fine, but as far as, like, my shirts, I'm, like, hesitant on that. So you can take this first. Oof. So, or, or or even is there a, a figure? Now, now again, keep in mind, you know, you have sold some mock figures, you sold some loose. Is there one that maybe the price went up or down, or you changed your mind? Ah, oh, dude. Oh no, Obviously, that would have, that would be rushed. Um, hmm. yeah. So I guess you know the first thing that would come to my mind would be. I guess I have two things that come to my mind. The first one's really null and void. Um, it was the Terry Funk figure that I had autographed. Um, me, Dan, and 6'5 entered the ECW arena together. I had a Terry Funk figure, which I already had a loose one. I had one mocked to get signed by him. And Dan had one. He planned on getting it signed. And last minute, Dan, uh, Mike offered, asked to buy mine off me. So I was like, you know what? This is beer money. So he offered to buy it. He went, got it autographed. I was right there next to him. He gets it autographed. And they're both mutes in front of him. I made small talk with Terry and the manager collecting the money. And they both said, you're really going to appreciate it. Well, not that they both said. The manager said, you're really going to appreciate this because this is probably one of his last signings. And he ended up leaving the arena early that day because he was supposed to be in Dreamer's corner for the main event, but he had to leave due to health issues. During COVID, I started depleting my mock collection, and I sold that one. I did get a nice premium for it. Oh, other detail. uh, Mike ends up selling me that signed figure (laughs) later on that day for pennies. (laughs) So he basically sold it back to me for what what he bought it for. Basically, I got got it back, and I didn't have to pay for the autograph. Whatever, I was there for it, and then I ended up selling it for a hundred plus dollars mock. I was right there, same color autograph. Dan got his, and I got a belated birthday gift from Dan. Got it signed, so I'm happy I got that. Only other thing I can really think of: I you signed your ringside DX ninety seven Shawn Michaels loose for like a hundred bucks, hundred plus bucks, and I'm like. I got a mock one. Okay. okay. Forever. I'm glad you said that because I bought two originally and I sold it to Dwight for like 20 bucks. <laughs> I, I, I can give you that. That That's about it. But that's when that wow. figure wasn't going for anything. So I, I I can give you that. That That's probably about it because when I look, when I go through my purge, I, I'll pick stuff up and I'll look at it. I'm like, am I going to miss this? 
So Ooh. like I recently, I recently sold Cassius Ono. I like I didn't regret it. I got eighty bucks for it loose. Mm-hmm. I made mm-hmm. I made what sixty uh what fifty five bucks off of it. Um, and like like there are like we I tell you this all the time. Every time almost every time I'm doing a purge, um, I I look at my American Alpha set, the elites. The, um, not not the not the TNF one, the one that was in the normal elite line. It's yeah, like man. it's like huh. This is like my favorite tag team for a long time. Chad Gable, he's not going to get another elite like this. Jason Jordan isn't even around anymore. Don't want to get rid of it. Will I have FOMO about it? And it's like, yeah, I, you just stay down there for now. Like, it's not hurt. It's not hurt anything. But I'll give you that. And I gave Dwight that DX ringside for like 20 bucks. I'll give you that. Because now that now Mock is almost, what, over to at least 200 bucks. And I sold a loose one for 100 well, honestly, I think you sold yours at the best time to ever sell it because I started posting my mock one for like 150 ish. I got it down to 100 and I could never sell it. And then I saw, I traded it for loose mint rockers, the Rockers Legends 2 pack. Mm-hmm. I just saw someone post selling theirs for 100 shift and it hasn't sold. So I think it will sell for 100 bucks, but. You sold yours loose for a hundred dollars. You you were you got the prime real estate for it. I still have my loose one. I, I guess I bring that figure up because after I just bought a bunch of these defenders, I have the Elite Sixteen, Bad, Bad Blood, Michaels. I have that mock. I have his first ringside where he you know originally the the Heartbreak Kid, the white and red gear, and then I have the Network Spotlight which low-key might be my favorite Michaels Elite. Oh, no, no, no. I have that. I'm sorry. My favorite Michaels Elite, I still have. I don't have a defender to size. Is the, uh, it's the WrestleMania 30 packaging, but it's the from his last match from his first tenure, from WrestleMania 14. Absolutely love that figure. I think it's my first Elite. It's my first figure I bought. So I still have that mock. Love that figure. That's almost made my um, chopping block, but it hasn't. I, I, I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, I, 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 I could go I I could do a podcast about that figure and one day I will. Um Yeah. So I'm gonna let you take it and then I'm gonna have another tidbit about that DX they I guess that DX ringside, I, I bring that up because as I'm putting these defenders and I'm like, all right, these are figures that I wanna keep because these are my guys and I hope I can meet like a small selection, hope I can meet them again and get them to sign. And I'm like, huh. Eh. Network Spotlight, this ringside, these are cool, but ooh, that DX ringside, that would be cool to have signed. I could live without it, but I'm like, eh, I bought it for retail. I kind of wish I had it. It's just one of those things. Yeah, but it's definitely the ringside DX for me for 20 bucks. I love it. To a store, not even a person, a store. While you're mulling that over, is that the thing? Was there anything else that came to mind? No, that was it because, like, when I get rid of stuff, it's like I I don't really miss it. At this point, boom, and I don't touch well, and I don't sell my shirts. Richie has offered me all kinds of money for some of my shirts, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. Even though I should have, because sometimes they just sit there. And I haven't worn them in God knows how long, but it's like, nah, I'm good. While we are on the topic of the figures, before we we ride off into the sunset, these Mattel figures, they and I'm, I, you know, I, a couple times I, I went on some tangents about the defenders, and you know, if you're a mock collector. You know, these Jazzwares AEW figures, there there's so many corners and nick and spots that can get nick. It's hard to get a mint one. Do you have a what you would say WW Mattel wise, do you have a favorite packaging and a least favorite packaging? Maybe you could give an example of what figure came in it, vice versa. If you hate it, oh, this figure came in it, and there was just so many corners, it was beat up. Well, I hate these new boxes. They're, t- they're, they're terrible. Um, My favorite packaging is probably the 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 the, um, the packaging from the WrestleMania 30 series that you're talking about, as far as packaging-wise. That's oh, probably the, like big, my, the big box. Yeah, I like the big box. Okay. Like even like those older elites like that, I like the big boxes. Okay, yeah. So uh, I and you know I think you can. I guess they would call that elites. <clears throat> if they if Ringside had a defender for it, I believe that was the the figures that were coming out in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. 
they would put it as that. Um, I actually don't mind the current new style. I actually kind of like it because I feel like I've seen a decent amount of those boxes mint. Um, if I had to pick a favorite, you know what? I almost that 2016 style box is cool. Um, the Legends box that they're currently using is just like it, but a little smaller. So, which makes me like that. I feel like I like the smaller packaging. Um, however, at the same time, I would also put the, the 2016 style, the ones that ringside use for the NWA, NWO figures. But we were just talking about that DX Shawn Michaels. I will say without a shadow of a doubt, that is my least favorite box. Um, the original topics were in those boxes and I'm going to have to order a defender for dude love. Uh, Dude Love and the Dusty Roads are probably the only figures that really matter to me that were in this box, except for the list of Jericho. And these suck. These suck. I actually, my this Dude Love, I don't think I saw Dude Love in the wild much. I don't know if I got this one off ringside. There's a wrinkle here. Every convention, you, I don't see this figure mock. I actually, uh, while, while uh, waiting for technical difficulties and slinging back some beers... I actually almost try to buy another one of these off of eBay. There's not one that doesn't that isn't banged really? up on eBay at the moment. You know what packaging I do really like? Um, the new ringside exclusive packaging. Those are good. The, Those are I really, really good. do like that, and I'm curious to see where Mattel's going to go because I'm not sure if you've seen this, but Hasbro they're going with plasticless um, packaging, so you're not going to be able to see your guy through the window anymore. It's real strength. They start. They showed it off with Power Rangers for an exclusive set coming out next year, and then they did this thing for, with Spider Man um, this past cu- last couple the last couple of days. So it's like there's no there's no window for you to see what you're buying. Yeah, I. Um, so I'm curious. I almost to do that. hope it's crazy because I, I guess I really didn't put my finger on it until recently that it seems like Mattel kind of always does like a two-year bit with the boxes or maybe just under two years, um, and then they switch up. But if you kind of go off ringside exclusives, you can see that they, you know, the the box follows kind of in, in session with it. Yeah. There's usually about three ringside exclusives per year. Now, if you really think back to it, the Edgeheads were about three years ago, and if I'm correct, that was the first one in this box. But since then, we've gotten Walter. We've gotten you know, so we got Edgeheads, Walter, Cactus, and Cactus, and um, Bray, Greer. and Bray, the Funhouse. Yeah. So that's that's six, um, and Champa. Yes. So that's seven. So that's seven. I mean, they're 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 really running away with it, and I'm going to assume. Uh, well, we know. I think Hogan's going to be in that too. That's going to be eight. Which Hogan? So yes, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. So they're they're running with it, and I, I like that for them. Yeah, I like the I like that um, packaging. Nice, nice and simple. Um, like I, said, I, I do have enjoyed the big packaging too. But that that night that but that ringside one is real nice. It's nice and simple. It's nice size, not too big, not too small, and you kind of get straight to the point. It's not all this extra stuff on the box. You you see right you you see right in your window, and you just have mm-hmm. the um the decoration and not around. too many nooks again. Yeah, thinged up. I also, I, and I just, did just mention it, but I really do appreciate the NWO Cena. Actually, I pray, I pray that thing's still in stock for like Black <laughs> Friday. Get that thing down to twenty bucks or under. I'm buying five, just just just, just for the the customs. <laughs> All the NWO shirts. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a field day with it. Well, we got done talking about figs. We got done talking about FTR and Theory and what they're doing in their respective companies for the uproar. AEW with their new uh, pay-per-view coming up with New Japan tonight with some technical difficulties, a couple cold ones. This is your favorite Fast Friends. This is Aaron at the Mac Machine. (laughs) At the Mac Machine. We're talking all this madness, and we will see you right here next week. Talking all of this madness, they talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.